0: And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Helicans updates right down to the sec. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Nola LBJ and Dotson time to get them in check. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Helicans updates right down to the sec. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest, Nola LBJ and Dotson time to get them in check. Let's go.
1: Pelicans fans, welcome back, it's the Protect the Nest podcast, it's your man Dodson, I'm sitting here with another special guest, we got Kevin Berrios from the Bird Rights. we're going to plug a little bit of his work, what he's been doing in coronavirus, to, to stay busy and then get his opinions on the Orlando bubble and what's coming up, but Kevin man, thanks for coming in to the restaurant the other day, thanks for coming on to the podcast, introduce yourself to the nest.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so I've been doing it for a little while. Kind of been taking a backseat this year on writing uh, while I focused on on some other stuff. But uh, I'm about to jump back in soon again with another project with Chris Connor, which uh, we've teamed up on a couple of things before in the past. So I love working with him, um, and so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm very happy to be here today.
1: Yeah, well, man, didn't y'all get a little? You and Chris get a little credit for maybe it was the website in whole I don't know if it was a full team project and getting the the sound program inside the Smoothie King Center changed. Y'all had a good push. It, wasn't that y'all's article that that yeah, highlighted I, and focused on that? I
0: had kind of been writing about that a lot here and there slipping that into articles but then Chris and I did like a full like here's a suggestion for every scenario of use this song for that this song for that focusing solely on using all um, New Orleans hip hop in the arena, getting rid of all the radio rap, all the, all this like the deos and, full uh invention to come up with that idea figure they would come around to it eventually i'm glad they did i I mean if if they did uh take it from us then great but if not i I, you know actually i would hope they would come to that conclusion on their own and they didn't need me to tell them to do that but you
1: never know well would you say that that local culture that local flavor inspires not only i guess your basketball work your podcasting but also your work on these music projects designing the covers uh, do you want to maybe give give the nest a little insight on what your creative process entails when you come up with maybe the front of an album, but also the skeletons, the bones of an article that that goes so deep, such as the one you wrote on the music. Sure. When it when it comes to design,
0: um, it, like what I've been doing lately, uh, when I do illustrations, my my main goal is to focus on like hidden colors and textures in objects i like to draw things that you know like elephants or birds or old people um, that have a lot of textures and different colors in their skin and over exaggerate those things um so that's something i like to do with illustration just uh, bring that stuff more into the forefront and exaggerate it more um, for these album covers lately i've been doing a lot of like collage work um and that is really inspired by like in the early to mid 90s i used to be really heavily involved in the underground New Orleans music scene and um, on Decatur Street there was this wall that was the flyer wall and it was just everybody would, you know, before there were Facebook events you had to actually like make printouts of the flyers for, for shows and gigs and stuff like that and they would all be stapled on top of each other on this flyer wall and like things would be ripped down but little fragments of paper would still be there there'd be rusty staples um, you know one image would be ripped partially and another image would be showing through creating a lot of accidental design that became cool and that, that whole aesthetic of that wall was just always like really interesting to me because there's like multiple colors and everything was just an accident and it uh it was just kind of beautiful and uh so i, I kind of been applying that to the album covers i've been working on a lot lately um i mean they're I basically just do work for like punk rock bands. That's who hires me. So like the aesthetic fits them. Um, and I usually try to like, you know, they'll, they'll send me the album before it's done. They'll send me lyrics and I'll, I'll try to like look for items that images that fit the message and, and use those in a way that tells the story. But also like, it's just sort of like an abstract image of accidental design that, that works as one, one piece um, and then when it comes to writing, uh, you know, I feel like in the city, we have a lot of guys that are very good at breaking down stats and, and, you know, giving you that, that side of the story. You know, all the guys at the bird rights are really good at that. Um, you got, you know, Ollie's incredible with it. Uh, Preston's, Preston's doing a lot of that kind of work. Jamile's really good at it. We got Ben, we got some Charlie, David Fisher is great at that stuff. You know, Chris and, and David Grubb, of course. And then, you know, you got guys from, like, Bourbon Street Shots, like Sham, it's really good at breaking down stats. You guys do a good job with that. And so what I'm looking at, I'm just trying to fill a different void uh, in my writing. I'm trying to do something that's different. I want to approach it from a different angle because I got into sports from a different angle. Like, I didn't grow up being into sports. I was into skateboarding, and I got into basketball later on. Um say my friend who's my partner in season tickets he was a big basketball fan I start, when we got like when we first started having our own houses I'd go over and watch games with him and he he you know that was the year that uh, Jason Williams got drafted to the Kings and as a skateboarder watching Jason Williams play basketball and then watching guys like Allen Iverson play basketball it like it felt a lot like skateboarding uh, and so I got really into those those two players especially and that started my love affair of Pharaoh basketball um, so I I don't know. Like, the way I think about the game is different. Um, But I also just want to provide a a different perspective. I want to be more of an entertainment guy, a storyteller, a guy that looks at something from different angles and not just, like, breaks
1: An example did, a, just like if you could
0: things in a more abstract way, you know?
1: Yeah, give us an example of that if you could. Like, a, a how would you give a New Orleans rating? Uh,
0: so, let's see. Let me think of uh, one that we had. Um, well, I know one thing uh, we talked about getting in trouble. This one, I, we, I did get in a little trouble for this one, is uh, Danny Ferry. Uh, I said that he was the Starbucks on the corner of, uh, of uh, Legion Fields and St. Claude because. You know, it, it was just a holdover, a comfortable thing that was already there that they already knew, and they weren't taking a risk. And um, you know, whereas like that Starbucks only exists in that spot because of all the Airbnbs in that neighborhood, even though there's like a ton of locally owned, much better coffee shops in that neighborhood. There's like at least ten. Um, the Starbucks opened up, and the only reason it's there is because tourists come in. They They know that Starbucks might be an inferior product to those things around, but they don't wanna take that risk. They wanna just go to the thing that's comfortable. And that's what I think uh, Danny Ferry was if they were to hire him instead of uh, what at the time became David Griffin and Trajan Langdon. Um, And there were some other things in there that I know some people in the organization didn't like. uh, When I addressed like, you know, looking at what the black community would feel since New Orleans is 60% black when you're hiring had those sort of racial issues in, his, in Atlanta, and how I felt like they should at least investigate it. If, if not, doesn't necessarily mean they had to hold it against them, but really just sort of gauge how the community felt when they're also at that time trying to embrace the city. So, um, yeah, the, those kind of things like that.
1: Gotcha. I'm gonna have to go back and read that one. That that sounds like a fun article, uh, but we don't want to get in anybody in trouble in here. With everything that's been going on, our last five, six podcasts, I've tried to really give a voice to the black community, I guess you could say, with bringing Lance on, to giving David Grubb as many minutes as he got, and I know he got in a little little fire for that, and we don't we want to do that today. Today, we're going to stick more to the lighthearted, the artistic, the creative that's bringing it out, and I've been dropping hints to Chris Conner for months now, I, I, you could say months now, plural. About this new jersey design. Fletcher Mackle and me both come out with it as soon as uh, the NBA 2K art come out. And Zion's jersey was missing the Zatarain sponsorship. And, you know, me being at Forbes, that's one of the things I've been running with. They kind of had told me about it, but didn't want to run with the story. Didn't want to provide quotes. And the way I approach stories and kind of try and maintain and cultivate sources is not running as soon as I got half a sentence to Twitter and telling you about it. I'll sit on a story like that. And I think the Pelicans are sitting on a really goldmine design. I think Chris Conner's going to love it. But since I can't tell everybody what I know about it, what would you want to see in this new city jersey design that's going to incorporate the city flag, have some gold in it? You mentioned these, these New Orleans ratings, which you've been in the city way longer than I have, obviously. You've been covering the team longer than I have. You know way more about it. So being more invested from that side of it, what do you want to see in a city jersey?
0: Yeah, um, I'm a little bit concerned because I think that gold can go very wrong if used incorrectly. And I also am one of those people who believe in separation of pelicans and saints. So I don't really want to see a black and gold jersey, which uh,
1: yeah, me I, neither, know of, me neither. I
0: know a lot of people want that. And I understand why they want that. I just feel like they should be their own thing um, and, and be different. Same here. Uh, I definitely don't want another Mardi Gras jersey. I mean, I just feel like it's lazy. You know, it's like, I don't know, it, it, it's it's like the Starbucks of ideas. You know, it's like, oh, yeah.
1: You I, gotta you I gotta have right. one, but you, you don't need to have two.
0: Well, you don't need to have it every year either. You know, like, it's fine. We've had them for so long. Let's do something different. Um, I always thought that you know once they became the pelicans this is something that i would like to see is um a jersey that incorporates like um a very understated pinstripe i don't want the pinstripe to be too bold but the idea behind this is um you know the the team is named the pelicans and i don't know how much you know about pelicans but they they're they're known uh for in times of struggle to rip their own flesh off of their chest to feed their their children so that they survive and one of the reasons they're the state bird and one of the reasons why they're adopted by the pelicans is because they're that sign of like resiliency and loyalty and, and you know strengthening in the family and all of that stuff so i think a nice way to do that would be like a white jersey with either like a gold or i was thinking like either a, a white glossy stripe or Near the chest, opens up slightly, and you see little strips of red to represent where they rip the flesh off, and then you know you can build the rest of the jersey from that. But that 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 would be the basis of what I would like to see. I think that'd be kind of cool, be kind of like a nice throwback. And you know, I feel kind of like, you know, I was hoping he hasn't really developed this way, but maybe we can shift this uh, moniker over to Lonzo instead of instead of Knob. But you know, I felt like Zion was like of Orlando Shaq and I was hoping that, that Nikhil Alexander Walker could be Penny Hardaway, which you know he hasn't he does obviously doesn't have that athleticism, but just that big guard that like could be a great pair with your uh with your super athletic ball handling uh, man and have that be a tandem for a long time but you know sure it could be Lonzo as the penny instead. Um but uh you know and it'd be like a nice It's sort of homage to that pairing with the old Orlando pinstripe and all of that. Um, But I just thought it would be an interesting thing. And plus also it would reference our old uh, Hornets history of having a a pinstripe
1: as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got some Hornets jerseys in the closet of Chris Paul and the the Anthony Davis that's got the pinstripes on it. And I do like the pinstripes of the old Orlando Magic. However, I'm just not near as big enough of a fan of Nikhil Alexander Walker's game right now to... (laughs) I mean, I must be the only person in New Orleans just does not see a future for Nikhil. You know, I I just don't see – I think D.D. Silva's going to come in and press him for minutes the same way he got bumped down the depth chart. You know, Chris Connor was there for media day. We saw how high David Griffith was on Nikhil. He's the only rookie that wound up in the G League. Like – we're going from there is going to be going to be tough on it but again light hearted I don't want to hate on anybody today we're going to I would like to see on the jersey design maybe some sublimated fleur-de-lis maybe just an incorporation of uh, maybe we just do a flag edition or a flag season where we have one jersey that's the city flag that I saw on reddit they've got one that's close they got one that's close but I'm not, they've got so many now I'm not going to give it away and then one that's just the state flag. I think the state flag would look beautiful on just a maybe a white backdrop jersey or some sort of incorporation. But but again, that's just me. Yeah. Maybe that so, would help. Maybe that would help the Pelicans not, throughout the faith, whole state.
0: Like, as somebody who studied graphic design and art my whole life, and then I actually taught graphic design for a while at a college in Singapore. But um, I just like. It's it's hard for me as a fan because I love the Pelicans and I would love to buy a bunch of merch, but I just feel like they get every graphic design thing completely wrong, and so that's why I'm not don't have a lot of confidence in what's about to come out. But I'm you know hopefully uh, things are starting to change and uh, they they start getting some better designers and marketers in there to work with them because they definitely need it. I mean even like an idea of like if you want to keep it Mardi Gras style, like why not like use Mardi Gras Indian uh, things and have like beaded like a, a beaded applique of petals across the chest or you know and beaded patches around on the jersey or like or even like the you know the, the second line brass band aesthetic white and black with the gold letters with like sort of a badge as, as the nameplate and little trinkets on, on the jerseys I think something like that could be cool
1: but just, just, just something with a, with a drum, drum head just something with a drum head and a trumpet. You could do something just purely off the music aesthetic alone. And yeah. this is coming from somebody that downloaded, you know, Photoshop 2 weeks ago and still I haven't used it. I got an app on the phone, I've got the Mac over here. I'm still I haven't really delved into it that much cuz I've been trying to, you know, like I say, just play with it. But there's so much that can be done. You see a lot of the fan art that comes out uh you know, Bird Rights has some shirts. David Grubb has his 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 shirts that come out. We've got some shirts. There's so much that can be done with it that I think the Pelicans, yeah, are definitely going to be missing out on merchandising revenue if they don't start hitting home runs. Some of the, some of the jerseys when they first rebranded to the Pelicans, they had to be a little bit bland for for lack of a better term, you know, that that so that they would kind of appeal to everyone. But now they can, I feel they can start branching out. They could, you know, do different things. Uh, say, say next Black History Month, there's no reason that they can't have a couple of special editions to honor what went on in this city during the civil rights movement. Whichever, uh, you know, pieces of that they would want to, to cherish and put on a jersey should come out pretty well, you know, if done right. And they're going to have an opportunity to do it. And in the, I guess, the societal and the, the times we're having now, the opportunity will be there. We don't know if fans will be in the stands, but if they're playing games in Orlando, they'll be playing games, hopefully, you know, next February. But get into that, what are your designs on the Orlando plan for what we actually see on the court? We'll talk a little basketball. We'll let you go again. Kevin Berrios, we ho- follow him on Twitter. Kevin B for Bounce. And. Yeah, again, appreciate you coming on for a good half hour. Oh, yeah, no worries, man. All right, but, yeah, what do you want to see in Orlando? You want to see this team maybe develop the roster, play a bunch, uh, go 13 deep like Gentry did the first few months of the season and people got tired of seeing it? Or do you want to see him maybe, you know, they're doing a lot of practicing. The word out of the bubble is the Pelicans are doing more practicing than almost any other team. Do you want to see Gentry use the preseason games for what they're worth, you know, they got three scrimmages coming up. And then their two toughest games against Utah and then the Clippers. Do you want to see him just dog the top 9, 8 players in those first two games to get them refined, hope to get some wins so they get a jump and get, you know, make sure they're in the playing game so they can get to the actual playoffs or what do you want to see there? What do you want to see in Orlando? I want to see fun
0: basketball, honestly. I think like what's happening it really has no impact on the on the legacy of this team because of this situation is so weird and so different and so unique and that it's like i don't even i have hardly any faith that will make it to the finals in the scenario that's set up so i'm not that interested in like the team getting dogged out i know i mean also looking at gentry we know he's gonna play at least 10 people if not 12 to go deep to the bench and I think it's a good thing in this scenario because really it's just about building for the future I mean even if you get the eighth seed which which would be great it'd be fun for us um, you know you're going into a matchup against the Lakers uh, which is going to be very difficult because of their size and that's our main weakness is interior defense Um, so you know it's it's not really going to mean a whole lot, especially in a season that people are, are not going to really, you know, hold up high the champions or the people who do good in this scenario, because it's just, it's just a unique house of Jenga, house of cards kind of thing that uh, could topple down at any moment. Um, so I would like to see some of the young guys play a little better. I'd like to see, you know, uh, some improvements on for Zion playing defense, uh, I'd like to see Jackson Hayes improve drastically at defense and at rebounding. You know, putting his body on people for rebounds. I would love to see that. Um, You know, and you mentioned Nikhil Alexander Walker. I I really like him. I think he can be a good player in this league. You're very justified in how you feel about him because he hasn't done anything in the regular season. Um, And I would like to see him have some moments. I know it seems like he's not really getting that much of a run in the practices so far, so he might not. Really get that chance to shine, but I would like to see that. Um, and you want to evaluate guys that are, you know, that are, are bubble guys on the roster that you don't know if you're going to keep or not. You want to see if you got anything in Kendrick Williams, which I, I'm I've given up on. But um, you know, if, if you feel like there's something there, you know, you'd like to see him get a chance to prove prove it. Uh, Frank Jackson, same way. Um, so I'm not that concerned with the results as much as. The results in the wins and losses column. I mean, I do hope that we make it to the playoffs because you know you, you want to see that. You want to see them get that experience, even though it's going to be a totally different experience than an actual normal playoff scenario because you're not playing to home crowds. You're not. It, it's just totally different. Um, so I don't know that you can take a lot from from this thing, and that's what we talked about on the Bird Calls podcast before. It's like, do you think? Uh, Alvin Gentry's future is already decided or they're going to wait till after this bubble situation and I would have to believe that they would have already decided what they're going to do with him in the future and most likely what they're going to do with the rest of the roster uh, in the future going forward before this because I think everybody understands that this isn't like a real basketball situation it's something totally different and to put expectations on people and to put jobs on the line for for what they're going in to do in this situation isn't really fair so i think you have to sort of eliminate that and just i just hope that we have fun exciting games which i think we will we play fun basketball but i would definitely would like to see some defensive improvements for sure especially on that interior and improvements on rebounding
1: yeah i want to see some defensive improvements it's going to hurt that we don't have jeff bizdelic there to uh you know, actually get hands-on, not not that you could get actual hands-on with the coronavirus protocols they have in place, but, you know, on the court showing the players exactly the movement, the difference between a a foot here or it being six inches back and face in a different direction and opening your hips to see the way a play develops. I mean, I've seen some of that in their practices, but not being there in Orlando with such a layoff, that's going to hurt them a little bit. I think, for better or worse, the team has decided on Gentry. And I think, again, this is total speculation. I think they told Gentry already. And I believe that is why you see some of this with the Pelicans Mike and Gentry up and he's playing golf and he's having fun and he's coaching the players and he's telling Alonzo about, you know, what he should be shooting in the future with the 80% free throws and, you know, four or five a game, those sorts of things. And the – the worst part is going in unbiased, having been in the locker room, but also not being invited to everything they do for the press because of these kind of podcasts here is you don't know how Gentry's taking it. He could have got the best news in the world, and so he's able to open up. Or he's gotten the worst news in the world, and it's kind of like the guy who doesn't care, and the Pelicans still want to promote. And it's the same as when Davis finally said, I want to be traded. Who was the face of the franchise? Who was out there speaking? Alvin Gentry. Right, right now, for better or worse, you know, when you go to the Pelicans Twitter page or their Instagram or their website, all you see is Zion Williamson clips, some practice clips and Gentry. And we don't, again, we don't as the media who's not as plugged in as the PR team, you, you, we, we just can't get in the bubble like that. We don't know how to take what they're doing. And that's kind of the fun that there's some allure to that. You want to keep digging. That makes the job fun when there's no games. But also, I think the fans want to know what the direction of the team's going to be going forward. Who's going to be leading this team? Who's going to be leading Zion into his second contracts? When you go to negotiate with Ingram and Lonzo Ball, will you be able to tell them, yes, is Gentry's going to be signed up for the next three, four years? He's the part of this project. Or... Are you going into those negotiations asking, well, what's your input? What do you want to see from a coach if we have to get rid of Gentry? That, that 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 makes the foundation a little unstable for the players to hear. And from their perspective, if you hear that, why not ask for more money? And the pressure keeps going back and forth for the leverage. So keeping Gentry might actually save the Pelicans a lot of money and save them a lot of headaches when it comes to re-signing these players who seem to love him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he's like,
0: you know, the the drunk uncle, you know, like at the at the party. Like they he's he's definitely a player's coach, and they really they like him.
1: Well, they had they had that tweet. Uh, somebody at one of the protests saying that he, you know, he was smoking a little weed. He looked over and because yeah. somebody complimented smoke, and it was Alvin Gentry. I don't know yeah. if the tweet was true. <laughs> Nobody ever confirmed it. Nobody ever denied it either. But that's some CIA talk. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It, it, no, just no, a, it was a funny um, little thing. Yeah,
0: you know, like, I, he's clearly a guy that the, that the players like. Um, I always thought it was kind of, like, I, I've never been a giant fan of him as a head coach. Like, I always called him the North Turner of basketball. Like, I think he's an incredible offensive mind, but when you put him in charge, you're never going to reach your ceiling. Um, you know, like, North Turner... Always, whenever he's an offensive coordinator, always had his teams as one of the best offenses in the league. When he became a head coach, you know, his teams hovered around 500 all the time and never really um, lived up to their potential. Um, And I feel like that's what you have with Alvin Gentry. I mean, I think you're going to make the playoffs because you have good players and um, your offense is always going to be, you know, in the top 10, top top 8 of the league uh, because he is an offensive genius. Um, and I just thought it was kind of a missed opportunity this offseason because also because of his age, you know, like how long is he going to be around? <clears throat> how many more years is he going to want to coach? Uh, or how many more years do you want him to coach? And you're bringing in – were overhauling the roster so much. There are so many new players coming in. You're bringing in a bunch of young players. Um, so, you know, I thought that that was the time to get a new coach and that way Dion doesn't have turnover in his coaching staff in the first three years of his, of his rookie deal, you know, and all these young players don't, and you build a culture from the ground up because you bring in all new players. Um, that being said, you know, I think Gentry has done a, a decent job. Uh, I, I just don't think that we're ever going to reach the highest point that we can reach with him, and I thought that idea of moving him to the front office last season, keeping him around as an advisor – know, lightening his load. He's still in the room for the guys that were being held over, and they loved him. And like I said, he's a great locker room guy, and he's a great mind to pick offensively. Uh, but I just thought that was the wrong move. Um, and, and now I don't know what to do because, you know, at this like all the reasons I would have gotten rid of him last off season. You know, I don't want that turmoil for these guys, especially if they end the season on a high note. To then like, okay, now we're getting rid of this guy, we're bringing in another guy. It's just a weird situation that I think it's going to lead to Gentry being back. But then again, how long is he going to stay? Is he going to stay for another four years? Is he going to stay for another three years? Is he going to stay for just one more year? And then you're going to have that turnover again, all which you could have avoided if you would have just started with a new guy at a time where the city would have been patient with that, with that new hire, even if we weren't successful this season. Whereas, you know, like you saw at the beginning of the season, everybody – had their pitchforks out for Gentry because we weren't winning and they were already sort of tired with feeling like we never reached our potential um, while he was here and not always was it of his own fault because of all the injuries we suffered. But, you know, like I said, I never had full confidence in him as a head coach. I love him as often as a coordinator, um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. It's an interesting choice, but I do think like you said, that that choice has already been made and he's already been told. It's hard to tell. It could be he's on his two weeks' notice, partying it up, or he's uh, loose because he's he's guaranteed his job and he knows that whatever happens in this bubble doesn't affect it.
1: Right, and he's already got somewhat of a contract extension, so he'll get the money either way. And I mean, when you've got the money either way and you're stuck in Orlando, what what choice do you have but have fun with the situation or be just a sourpuss about it? And I don't think that's that, – that's just not in Gentry's nature to sit and grumble unless it's the middle of the second and quarter and it's the third turnover in a row. And we all know that Pelicans fans have wanted him to get up, but we see him on the sideline with his hands folded, sitting there just, you know, grumpy. And that's grumpy Gentry. I hope we don't see too much of that in Orlando We just hit the half hour mark, so we don't want to make the fans too grumpy, don't want to blow their ear off. we just coming back. It's been like a week off for the Protect the Nest. We just released some shirts today. uh, If y'all haven't seen them, fans, go look, check out the Twitter. That's Bruce R. Jr., the Protect the Nest podcast page. Uh, Check them out. Maybe if you got a design, we'll print up maybe 24 of them. Donate all the proceeds to the Bird Rights Scholarship and split it with the Carly uh, McCord Scholarship Foundation, something like that. And we, we're going to keep trying to do stuff like that as well as these podcasts and covering the team. We're going to keep trying to protect the nest like that Coach Rory run. Maybe we get the media game going. You can come down shoot some ball. It, we we got all of them kind of ideas in. At the end of this podcast, we even going to have a song come up by Mr. No Alibi Malachi. And that'll be at the end of the podcast. But I appreciate you coming on. If you got anything to plug, some people to plug, your work to plug, where you want to go, what you want to see, well wishes, let the people know. And again, we appreciate you coming on and protecting us.
0: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry that Lance wasn't here. I was hoping to talk to him a little bit too. Uh, but um, yeah, you know, go check out Bird Rights. Those guys are killing it. I haven't written that much this year, but I have posted, I, I pinned it to my profile. It's something I wrote um, right after we swept a celebration of Drew Holiday. It's called Drew Holiday is the Tim Duncan of Allen Iversons. Um, I think it's probably the best solo article I've written. Uh, you know, I think the stuff I do with Chris is the best stuff that we put out. Um, you know, he we, we sort of fill in each other's gaps and uh, help each other out. Um, so, but, that, but solo from Chris, uh, that article I think is my best work, and I think it's a fun read, especially you know, it's, it's you know, we're about to enter a playoff environment, and this is
1: Yeah, man. I'll go check that out. I'm sure it's a great piece. Uh, Like most of your work, Drew Holiday's thing today was big. Uh, I got something on my mind just, you know, because all that trade talk, people need to realize that there's two sides to basketball, the offense and the defense. Everybody wants to go out and get Devin Booker. What's the last time Devin Booker stopped somebody from getting to the rim? It's back in high school when he played somebody that looked like me. Let's stop. Let's stop playing with Drew Holiday. Can't go out and get buckets when he could drop twenty something like that Portland series, thirty something in a game. Right before this season ended, he was dropping close to forty. You know, dropping a career season high right there against the Timberwolves, who was fighting for the a seed. So. Y'all stop sleeping on my man, Kevin Berrios. Y'all stop sleeping on how much value there is to this team and this community and Drew Holiday being here. And y'all stop sleeping on Protect the Nest. We got the shirts out. We got the podcast out. We up over a 1,000 listeners now. We doing all right. I hope y'all doing all right in this COVID thing. Mask up. Let's get these games right. Kevin Berrios, again, appreciate you coming on. Until next time, y'all, Protect the Nest.